The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And no, it's not the chicken dance. It's today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and for the next hour, we're going to be talking a little bit of everything. We're going to be talking about soaps. We'll be talking about some things that are not soap related. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, it is also a live call-in show. So if you are out there and want to be part of the show, please feel free to call in. Uh, There's a little bit of a segue between what I've experienced so far today and today's show. I wanted to talk a little bit about it and hopefully get you in the mindset that I'm in. As a lot of you know who follow me on Twitter, at Dan J. Kroll, or on my Facebook page, you know that I often overhear a lot of strange things in the course of my everyday goings on. Today, I went to a sandwichery. It's uh, probably known as a deli to most people, but I call it a sandwichery. And there was a, a woman who came in to order her sandwich, and the sandwich was being made, and she's like, no, more, more meat, more meat. And she went on, and more cheese, more cheese, more cheese, more onions, more onions, more onions. Then when she got to pay the bill, she was surprised that all of that more meat, more cheese cost more money. And she was outraged and threw her hands up in the air and had to storm off to her car to get more money. I don't know why she had her money in her car. That's a totally different issue. But I say all of that to sort of get to the point of there are some things that I see fans say on Twitter that always surprise me. Fans who want this and want that, and then when they get it, they're surprised and and outraged by the fact that they got what they wanted. So we're going to be talking about that coming up in the show. If you are someone who maybe is on Twitter and sees that fans are saying things that are a little strange to you, or if you think that maybe fans are saying things that in reality they don't want, we want to hear from you and talk to you during today's show. And on top of all of that, if you... If you've noticed there's a new aroma in the air this week, it's because we're introducing a new fragrance. It's called Sopari. It's equal parts love, betrayal, murder, and Susan Lucci. Okay, so, well, maybe there is no smell-o-vision or radio-roma. You'll just have to take my word for it. But I am calling this week's show Sopari because it's a little of this and a little of that. I'm going to be joined in just a couple of moments by Richard Sims of Soaps in Depth magazine. We're going to be discussing the week in soaps and also take a look at some of the things that are coming up in the weeks ahead. Plus, we'll branch out this week to talk about primetime soaps and some of the shows that will be headed to your television screens in the fall. And if that were not enough, Richard and I will also be helping you to resolve disputes and talk you through your dilemmas and choices. That's right. We're handing out advice this week. And 
I've heard word on the street is that Richard is having a little soap calamity of his own. I can't wait to find out what it is. It's earth-shattering. It's shocking twist. It's, it's a lot of fun. So we'll be talking about that when he comes up. But of course, in order to take part in the show... Whether you want to talk about the soaps, primetime, get some advice, or anything else, you're going to need to know the number to call in and be part of the show. It's 866-472-5788. Again, it's 866-472-5788. If for some reason you've got the chicken dance as an earworm and you can't flap your wings on over to get to the phone, maybe you'll find it easier to peck around on your Twitter machine. Follow us at Soap Central. Send your comments, your questions there. We'll try to do our best to get to them and read them during the course of the show. But with all of that, it's time to get on with the show so we can talk about all of these things that are on tap. My special guest co-host this week is the executive editor of Soaps in Depth. You can find the CBS and ABC editions of the magazine wherever magazines are sold. I always see the cover peeking out at me when I'm in the line at the grocery store. It's amazing to me that we can call this a show, but let's bring them on right now. Richard Sims... Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Oh, Dan, is that you? <laughs> yes, it is. Do you not know who I am? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to need you to speak loudly and clearly. I've been, I've been struck down in the prime of my old age by one of the most common soap uh, calamities, and it's it's... It's impacting everything, so I'm, you're going to have to bear with me tonight. Will you tell us what the soap calamity is? I mean, I'm thinking, I, I hopefully, hope to God it's not a, a brain tumor. I hope it's not well, a, an evil it, twin. In, well, this is why I need you to speak slowly. In the word, much like in the movie Anchorman, yes. Anchorman 2, actually, I am blind. I am blind. So you must speak slowly. <laughs> Why? I'm assuming you went to the eye doctor. You must have had your, hopefully, your eyes dilated. I did. I went to the Uh-oh. eye doctor and found out that uh, I have oh, to no. get bifocal. No! Really? Yes. And then, as an added, just to add insult to injury, they put eye drops in my eyes. And that, here's the funny thing about when you get eye drops in your eyes. The doctor's like, you know, are you okay? Do you have somebody to drive me home? And Charlie was sitting in the parking lot waiting for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. And I was like, I'm in the office. I'm like, there's no problem. I don't know why he thinks this is such a big deal. And I walk out of the office, and I'm perfectly fine. And then I step off the sidewalk into the sunlight and was stricken blind. <laughs> it, it's... <laughs> It's always the brightest day of the year when you have the eye doctor appointment and need the eyes dilated. That's one thing that I've noticed. It could be overcast when you walk in, but as soon as you come out, it will be, you know, total solar flare. Yes. So so treat me with kindness. Ignore my, my hobbled, shameful look, but we'll try and persevere. Look away. Look away. Look away. <laughs> I can't look away. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to, as we typically do on the show, we're going to talk about the weekend soaps. I know that we do have a caller on the line that we're going to get to in a moment. We have David from New York who wants to talk, but let's sort of set the stage to get to what he'd like to talk about. The Bold and the Beautiful so far this week, aside from the fact that one of the characters is wearing your tablecloth and another was wearing my <laughs> oven mitts on her head, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good week. I would have to agree. I mean, I, I know this is a lot of things on the Bold and the Beautiful sort of can split the audience. 
And one of them that was heavily played over the last few days was this stuff at Medieval Times. That, that's the kind of thing that can really easily be hokey and can really be too much. But Bold and the Beautiful to me is a show that does things like that and, and somehow makes it work. Like I found Oliver in his, you know, shining armor and, and, and going out there and proving to Allie his love. I thought that was so swoon worthy and so romantic and the kind of thing you just don't see. And it helped that they went on location. Yes, there were some, some giggle worthy moments, particularly when they showed Bubble Darla in her little medieval garb up in the bubble. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Can I but interrupt again, for a second? And, and yes. This will probably send me to hell for this, but I mentioned it on Twitter. I have to tell you that Bubblehead Darla looked like a picture of the Virgin Mary from my CCD book when I went to Sunday school as a kid. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm a heathen, so I wouldn't have recognized that. But, uh, <laughs> that's what it looked like you know, to me. That's the kind of thing that, yes, that's probably a little over the top, but that's what Bold and Beautiful does so well. You know, they do, they do, it's the kind of show where you, you know, you, you sort of go with it because they do things so well. They play the comedy well, they play the romance well, and they stay relatively speaking, as of anything, they stay relatively within the bounds of, you know, what could happen in the real world. They don't have a lot of, you know, people ripping off masks or, or, or stuff like that. It's, and I love it. I thought it was a really good week. I do think that I love that they are getting as much use as possible of the shots of Ridge falling out of a helicopter. If we drank every time they showed Ridge fall out of the helicopter, we would be raging alcoholics. Well, I should say you'd be a raging alcoholic. Some people would probably already say that I am. So <laughs> I do like that as well. It's one of my favorite uh, screen caps of the past year from The Bold and Beautiful. I want to sort of compare that when we talked about how The Bold and Beautiful does its location shoots so well. I want to compare or contrast or whatever your choice of word would be to how the Young and the Restless uses <laughs> their... S- okay, well, there's a giggle. But it was a serious discussion, <laughs> at least in oh, my head, uh, <laughs> about how the Young and the Restless uses its location shoots, which uh, some observant Twitter fans have noted that these are exterior shots from Pittsburgh, which is, of course, here in Pennsylvania. What do you think? Their exterior shots make me giggle, as you heard. Um, (laughs) This week, we got some new exterior shots. We've had exterior shots of, you know, the Newman Ranch, like that, the house and all that in the past. But this week, all of a sudden, we started getting these random farm shots. And I was like, what the heck is this? I mean, I know that it's the Newman Ranch, but we don't really think of it as being, you know, cows wandering around the property and, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Mickey getting up each morning and going to milk the cows and gather the eggs. And that's the kind of shots they were showing. And today, when Neil and Hillary went on their ill-advised trip to Chicago, which took all of five minutes, they were, at one point they were driving and it was green screen and in the green screen you could see that they were driving through like farm country. I'm like, oh, they're taking a shortcut across the Newman Ranch. <laughs> I, I, you know, I want to give them props. I really do. One of the things that I have praised Bold and the Beautiful for over and over and over again is the fact that it has this great sense of place because of all the establishing shots they do. The problem is that the, the the shots that they're using, the you know quote unquote establishing shots they're using on wine are are so generic. They look like something out of that soaps did like twenty years ago. They don't look at all modern or hip. 
And, you know, BMB just, just does such a great job of giving you that, that in comparison, there, there is no comparison, really. It's, it's night and day. Well, I did want to set the stage as a comparison between the two soaps before we talk about more of the action that went on there to bring in one of the callers who, I've got to tell you, was queued up before the show even went on the air. So that means we have to take him first. David from New York. David, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. Hi, Richard. Hey, David. So I've been told that you want to talk a little bit about Y&R versus B&B. I'm not entirely sure what aspect of it. So I'm going to set the stage for you, David. What is it about the two soaps that you wanted to compare, contrast, correlate? It's your floor. Um, in fact, well, this past week on B&B, I, I, uh, I applauded um, Liam defend. I applauded. Wyatt defending Liam, and and Darren Brooks, his monologue to his mother. I thought that was one piece of excellent work. I like the fact that uh, you know there for so long it has been Liam versus Wyatt, and they made a, a great deal of of story about that. Now you have the fact that maybe they're they're not head-to-head or or facing each other anymore. How long, though, do you think they can possibly stay in in good regards? I would guess that they'll be back at each other's throats by the time this show is over. (laughs) (laughs) Do you agree with that, David? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have have to believe. But it's it's nice when they can come together. You know what I mean? I do. after After all that animosity, they can... After all that animosity, there's a point where they can come together and notice that the other has been a model for the other. Is there anything like that that you feel the same way on The Young and the Restless? Yeah. um, Nicholas and Dylan is about the same thing. I, I sort of compare the two of them together because I notice... How, how adversarial that Nicholas and Dylan were in the beginning, all because of Avery. And then as, as it grew and grew, he st- Nicholas, started to, Nicholas started to warm up and like him. And, and I think, what was it, um, when Nicholas just found out that Dylan was Paul's, I heard him... He just said it out loud, Dylan is a good guy, and that sort of just hit the mark right there. One of the things I noticed with both of these examples is that there's always a woman involved. It's always men fighting over a woman. Uh, I mean, it is one of the age-old aspects of soaps. But before I let you get back to what you're doing, David, I wanted to find out, is there anything else uh, that you see that the shows maybe have in terms of similar story that you're liking or a similar theme? Um, between them. Um, or is there anything I, that I, one is doing better than the other? I think, I think Young and the Restless is uh, making a turnaround. I can, I might be I might be a little bit in the minority, but I see maybe just a little bit 
a little bit of change. It's slow, but I see a little bit of change. Um, I don't think it's going to happen all at once, but um, I was happy with the Nikki and Dylan story. That may, I think that was, I thought that was very well done in bringing well, Ian back after all these years. I think it is. Well, David, I'm going to let you go. I know that we have some other things to talk about okay. before we have to run to this segment. Thank you so much for calling in, and hopefully we'll Thank hear you. from you again on a future show. Thank you, Dan. Thank Absolutely. Richard, you know, I, have to, I have to agree with David on one thing. Um, actually, I agree with almost everything he said, but I, I really agree that I have hopes for YNR right now better than I did a couple weeks ago. I think the last few weeks, yes, I, the, yes the summer Austin stuff drives me nuts. I mean, it, it, it's playing on one of the worst soap, um, I don't want to say stereotypes because that's not really the word, but soaps for many, many years rolled out that, you know, that age-old nugget where I will marry you and then I won't have to testify against you. And in the old days, you know, that kind of worked because the audience might not really have been hip to what the legalities of that really are. But we live in an age now where, you know, most of the audience we watch Law & Order, we watch, you know, heck, Dr. Phil, Bench Judy, whatever. Um, and, and, and the audience is smarter. And, you know, the, the audience knows that that's not true. Um, and even if it was true, even in the cases where it is true, and it is true in a few states, Wisconsin is not one of them, but, but even if it is true, it only applies, the marital privilege only applies to things that happen during the marriage. So it would not apply in this case because the events did not take place during the marriage. They, you know, they got married after the, after the events took place. That drives me crazy. But there is so much good stuff happening on YNR right now between the Hillary Neal Devon triangle, the Nikki Dillon, um, cricket, uh, Avery, you know, that, that whole section of the canvas, the Ian Ward stuff is fascinating. And, and I'm hoping that that's a good thing because we've been in a, in a kind of bad place with YNR for a while now, as far as I'm concerned. And, and I get nervous because YNR is one of those shows that goes through these great periods and you're like, okay, yes, we're back on track. And then all of a sudden we're dealing with, you know, another Jill and the Necklace story. I do want to talk, you mentioned having to do some research or knowing things and, and going in depth about the marital privilege. I, earlier in the week, Richard, made a phone call, a rather urgent phone call to my family physician to find out information about drug use and organ donation. Did you right. go blind? Oh, I thought you went blind, too. I thought it was an epidemic. <laughs> no, I'm, you keep your norovirus to yourself. I'm, uh, <laughs> I made a phone call to find out, uh, there's a storyline on General Hospital that Rafe, uh, who, spoiler alert, if you didn't watch, he's brain dead and they were going to harvest his organs and donate them. And it turns out he couldn't because he, in addition to using cocaine and a whole bunch of other things, he also used heroin. So I called my doctor and said, hey, I want to know about potential drug use and how it could influence my organ donation. And they called me back relatively quickly. I had to explain it wasn't me that I was calling about. <laughs> I was calling about a soap. Uh, and after that, you know, they gave me some additional information and the number to call and told me I can go hang out with the, the head of the, the transplant department to get some questions. But I say all of that to say that 
you know, there are there are people out there who are extremely knowledgeable about things, and there is a curious nature. So coming in the weeks ahead, I'd like to do things here on the show that really address some of the things we see on television and whether or not they're based in reality. But with all of that, aside from pickleball and dodgeball and tug. Uh, of rope and all that other stuff, whatever it's called, uh, tug of war, I guess it is. Uh, <laughs> we saw a lot of stuff on General Hospital this week. What did you think? We had some outstanding original songs. We had some highs, some lows, some you know Nina running around out of her wheelchair. What did you think of the week gone by on GH? I think that overall it was pretty good. I have to say my favorite line of the week had to have been when Monica, you know, told that she could not put the heart into Alice because of the drugs, turned to Obrecht and said, what do you mean? I do transplants involving cocaine to use all the time. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Are these two things that like regularly occur in Port Charles, that you're regularly doing heart surgery involving patients who have used cocaine? That's that, though, that was not my favorite line of the week, and I'm hoping that what I was my favorite line for, was from this week, and I haven't lost a, a time warp, but mine was, still think it's a reflex, bitch. Yes! <laughs> Yes, that was fantastic. That was my favorite Rafe line of his entire, what, year and a half run on General Hospital. I like that. Poor Rafe. What went wrong there? I mean, Rafe, when when they introduced Rafe, you know, Jimmy Dressler is this just, like, really appealing kid. And they introduced him, and him and Molly were adorable, and then all of a sudden him and Molly were on the outs, and then he went completely missing. And then he, in that time that he was missing, became a drug addict. And it just... It just felt like, and then he's dead. It just felt like, I don't understand, especially heading into summer when usually, you know, well, heading in, we're in the middle of summer, when, you know, usually teen storylines are fairly big on soaps. Mm-hmm. JH has nothing really um, for that. Actually, very few of the soaps do, unless you count Oliver and Allie as teens. Um, but yeah, I just, I was very sad by that. I thought he gave a great performance. That last performance in the scenes with, with, with uh, Nina and Rafe was he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and it made me really sad that you know that they uh, killed the character. Although um, you know, there's a big groundswell out there wanting him to be brought back as you know Rafe's twin, or well, he does have vampire blood in him, sort of pseudo vampire blood. So who knows? Maybe he'll come back. But but it was a good week. I think it was a. I think it was. There was a lot of stuff. I I liked. The thing I really liked about the Lila's Kids storyline was when we actually got to see them all playing games and stuff. I I liked seeing them as children instead Mm of, you know, exchanging clips that you and I couldn't come up with. You know, I I don't particularly love that all the kids on the canvas talk as if they are adults. And I get it. It's a a gimmick, and GH likes its gimmicks. And but sometimes the gimmicks that start out being cute eventually become overkill, and I'm kind of at that point with those kids. GH has actually forgone the teen demographic. They're now going for the under 10. It's all part of a... It's all part of a new reach to expand the audience. Let's talk about Days of Our Lives. It's the only show yet that we haven't talked about. It's week gone by. And I think there was a a period of time where everybody thought Days of Our Lives was on fire. There was this short period of time where we thought, uh-oh, writing six months ahead, maybe it's caught up to them and they're not going to be able to keep in tune with what fans like and, and where they're going in story. Now, though, it seems like once again it's back on the hot track. What did you think of the past week on Days of Our Lives? Loved it. And, I, you know, one of the things I've said for a while now is – 
when you write as far in advance as Days of Our Lives does, you have to be confident in your story. You, you know, I think that when you're writing two or three weeks in advance, if something's not working and you get the sense of that mm-hmm. from the audience, you can change it. Not a big deal. When you're writing six months in advance, I mean, they are putting Christmas decorations up in Salem right now. When, you, <laughs> when you're horrible. writing that far in advance, you have to be really confident in your material. And you can't afford to make a mistake. And I think they're really doing a great job. I, the, the, the fallout with um, Sammy, EJ, and Abigail, which has only just started, by the way, there's so much more to come, has been really fantastic. We're about to get Kristen Demera back, and trust me, she comes back with, like, a vengeance, like, right off the bat, within, within, within like, a day of her being back on the show, it's like, oh, my gosh, here we go again, because uh, she, she's up to her old tricks. I just, I'm really, even, okay, I'm about to say something I never say. I even liked Jennifer and Daniel this week. You know why? Shut up. Because, shut, you know why? Just shut up. You, uh, what, no, why? Shut the front door. You know why? <laughs> because they weren't together. She was in the scene with, you know, dealing with her daughter's trauma. And Daniel, I, I like the idea of Daniel being drawn to Eve. I mean, they have a great new super couple potential in Hope and Aiden. Of course, there's two with that pesky little bow problem. But, but overall, there's just, this is a show that's playing lots of different layers, lots of different stories. If I had one thing that I would have liked to have seen done differently over the last little over a week, you know, since they started playing the fallout from the Sammy, um, Sammy confronting EJ and Abigail, I wish when they had dove into those scenes, that they had let the scenes go on longer. You know, soaps now sort of operate mm-hmm. as short attention span theater. And so no scene goes on for like more than a minute or so. And I really, as a viewer, I wanted to stay with those scenes. I wanted to play those out. I kept, you know, I was talking to um, Alison Sweeney on Twitter and I said, I want someone to edit together those scenes yeah. so that they're seamless and you can watch them. And I'm sure we'll get those when the Emmy reels come out next year. Yep, you know what? That's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's one of the things that I do find distracting when I'm watching the Emmy reels sometimes is that those short little bit of segments, they take away from the overall feel of what's going on on screen. Sometimes it really bothers me and I, I vote against people. But the Emmys are not here yet. The Emmys are coming up. And that's a great way to jump off to our next segment. We're going to be talking about what you can expect on your favorite soaps in the weeks ahead. However, in true soap fashion, you have to stay tuned to find out what it is. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of Richard Sims of Soaps in Depth magazine and your calls, 866 472 5788. Stay tuned. Soap Central Live will be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who 
and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Drug use, organ donation, and visual impairment. Those are just some of the things you missed last half hour. No, not on Dr. Oz, right here on Soap Central Live. I'm Dan Kroll. I am joined again by Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. Richard, welcome back. Thanks. And I, are you sure you're not a doppelganger? Because you keep saying your name is Dan Kroll, and I thought your name was Dan J. Kroll. The, the J is silent. The says so. The J is silent. It's it's a very mm-hmm. unknown. It's it's uh, it's like in Spanish how the J is a huh, an H in <laughs> Crolinese. It's actually a silent J. Got it. Good. So now that you're done with your interjections, we'll move back to the show. If you are listening and want to call in and talk about soaps or other things that we're going to be talking about in the next half hour, please feel free to give us a call at 866-472-5788. Richard, there are some great things coming up on soaps in the week ahead. Uh, Some of the things that I know people are waiting for General Hospital. They're just sort of waiting for Robin to return. The stage was set today with talks of divorce and and things of that nature. I I have a feeling that there are some other surprises in store for GH fans in the weeks ahead. There are. General Hospital is, um, it's a show that's really become very good at, it doesn't pay attention to sweeps. It just kind of plows forward. In fact, when they were preempted on Thursday in most markets, and that's, you know, today's episode was not actually a Friday episode. It was mm-hmm. actually Thursday's episode because they were preempted. You wouldn't really know it because GH has gotten in the habit of having cliffhangers almost every day. So, you know, they really don't, it doesn't throw things off when all of a sudden their, their, their schedule's off. But anyway, the, the big story for the next couple weeks is really going to be, you're right, the build up to Robin. Patrick is about to be in deep, deep doo-doo because of uh, Rafe's situation. As you saw at the end of today, Nina jumped out of her little wheelchair, ran up to the roof, overheard a conversation. Well, she's going to whisper that conversation into a reporter's ear, and it's going to lead to a lot of trouble. I mean, Patrick is basically going to be accused of murder. And, you know, what do you do? How do you get out of that? At the same time, uh, Nina is going to really step up her plan to um, bring Silas back into her fold. And as a result, we're going to see Sam getting closer to Patrick. And they are about to sort of set out on a, a little bit of an investigation into a couple of different things. And all of this is going to, you know, sort of uh, culminate in where we end up. You know, we know Robin's coming back. 
and nobody knows exactly, they don't know exactly when she's coming back, but I'll tell you this, it's in the next couple weeks. Um, the new issue that just is coming out right now, in fact, has Patrick on the cover, and it's got kind of the details about the uh, Patrick, Nina, Sam situation. So that's, that's really going to be the pervasive story over the next couple of weeks. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on, obviously, but that's the big one. And Into the Night 10 on Twitter says, I would like Ejami to last forever. Hashtag Ejami on Days of Our Lives. And of course, coming up, well, sorry, Into the Night 10. It doesn't look like that's in the cards at the moment. But what are some of the other things that soap fans can be on the lookout for on Days? Well, Days obviously has Kristen's return, as we were talking about before, and that's a big deal. There's also... um, Eric and Nicole are kind of in this weird position where, you know, their their romance and his future at the church are both sort of hanging in the balance. She basically has the power to to get him his position back, but someone even with even more, I guess you would say with even more power than her, <laughs> they're going to have to work together to turn to a higher power in order to get his job back. And, you know, who knows? Maybe that'll bring them together. Maybe it'll push them further apart. Um, and then, of course, there's this stuff that's been going on with Teresa and, you know, how she married Brady and conked John on the head. And that that is also John's fate is going to be a really big deal in the next couple of weeks. As for EJ and Sammy, she is so not done messing with him and with Abigail, especially Abigail. I mean, she's got EJ behind bars. She's taken over his company. She's pretty much got, you know, what she wanted from him. But Abigail is still on her radar, and um, she's going to, boy, she's going to try and blow Abby right out of the water. Also coming up in day's news in the weeks ahead we have cassie DePiva dropping by soap central live so for those of you who miss her on one life to live have now been introduced to her on days of our lives keep it tuned here to soap central live in the weeks ahead and we also have galen gearing and chriselle staus popping by that should be a lot of fun and is chriselle gonna bring justin <laughs> you have to stay tuned. This is a, a soap no. opera show. You know about this. It's all about teasers. We also, <laughs> teaser, teaser, we have some folks from the bold and the beautiful that should ring a bell with <laughs> listeners in the weeks ahead. So let's talk about, other than that, other than what's coming on the show, what's going on on the bold and beautiful in the weeks ahead? Well, Bold and Beautiful has a bunch of location shoots coming up. I mean, they're going to Paris and Monte Carlo and uh, somewhere else that I can't remember at the Amsterdam. moment. Amsterdam. Right. They're like, I mean, they, are, they aren't just going out in the backyard and shooting, which they do you know, regularly all the time, and I absolutely love that. They're going all over the world. And there will be a wedding coming up, as we know, when uh, the question is who will be tying the knot? How involved will Ivy become with, you know, the various, uh, with basically the Spencer boys, because one of them is going to end up on the out sooner or later, and certainly seems logical that she would end up with them. But there's something even more interesting to me coming up, and that is the future of Brooke and Bill. Bill is realizing right now, and you know, you saw it uh, over the last couple of days, Bill is realizing, oh crap, if Brooke finds out that I was behind Ridge falling out of the helicopter, <laughs> I can't get enough of saying that, Ridge falling out of the helicopter, then you know, his chances of marrying her are going to kind of go right down the crapper. So he is in a real hurry to get her down the aisle. But 
you know, there happens to be somebody on the canvas who has a little bit of history with Brooke and who just recently returned, and that would be Mr. Deacon Sharp. And, you know, I have a feeling that Deacon is actually going to play a little bit more into all of this than Bill would like. Because let's remember, Bill and Deacon have a history. They are not particularly fans of one another, so that's going to be really interesting. There should be a lot of uh, interesting stuff. I do want to take a, a random aside. We talked about the location shoot for The Bold and Beautiful in Amsterdam, and I know that both SoapCentral.com and Soaps in Depth would like to extend our condolences to all the folks, uh, particularly a lot of uh, folks from the Netherlands who were aboard the downed aircraft uh, in the Ukraine. 298 people lost their lives, and I know that there's a, a definite segue there. So for anyone out there who is maybe listening, who's uh, infect, affected by that in some way, we do want to send our condolences. Uh, you know, sometimes, as we see, sometimes our soaps are preempted for things that are far more uh, incredible than anything that we could see on television. And with that, let's let's just move over to our last show with The Young and the Restless about what's coming up. There are uh, some things, you know, people are, are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Adam to return, and they're going to have to wait and wait and wait a little bit longer, Richard. They certainly are. You know, Weinar did a great job at the end of today's episode of that, uh, you know, showing somebody turn the key as, as Billy and Chelsea are getting closer, and they, they certainly want us to think that that's Adam, but... It's not. And the reason I can say that is they are still looking for someone to play Adam. They have been looking for months. Now, personally, I don't really get <laughs> what is so difficult. I mean, there are a million good actors in the world. There are many great actors, you know, from, from all of the different shows that have been canceled over the last few years. So it, it's odd to me that this is taking so long. I have to imagine that one of the reasons they're taking so long to do this is that they're taking a little bit of flack over some of their casting decisions over the last year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to make sure Adam Newman is obviously a very, very, very important role. Um, There, you know, there was a time not too long ago where, where um, it was very clear that they were grooming Adam to be the new Victor Newman, you know, you want, you know, the next generation, he is, he, mm-hmm. you know, Nick is not really, Nick is not really, Nick is obviously, a, you know, the show's hero, but Victor's that great anti-hero thing, and, and, you know, you want to have the next generation of that coming up, and that is what Adam is meant to be, uh, and so they really need to get the casting on that right. That's going to be really important. I do feel as if, especially knowing I get the feeling that they didn't think it was going to take this long, honestly, because I don't think they would have moved Chelsea and Billy as fast as they have if they thought it was going to take this long. I think they assumed that by now they would have somebody and they'd be able to start, you know, introducing that element of the story. Instead, it looks like we're going to be in for more of that, you know, hand-clenching the ball angrily for uh, for a while until <laughs> they find somebody. And we also, if for folks who want a character to, to pop back onto the canvas, we do have Gina Tonioni taking over as Phyllis coming up sooner rather than the, the Adam return. So that should be something for fans to look forward to. In fairness, Gina is a friend of the show. She's been here maybe four times or so. She's won some money for her charity playing the $250 soap pyramid. We love her here. Hopefully, everyone will also love her on The Young and the Restless. I think she is going to be such a good addition to the cast. Um, and I think what's interesting is that what we're going to see in the as we build up to her return is that, you know, we've started to see a little bit of it on screen. Victor is actually, you know, the one who's going to kind of be very 
uh, involved in, in her waking up because he wants to get Sharon's secret. Now, this is one of those things where Y&R does this sometimes, and, and, and actually General Hospital does it all the time, but Y&R doesn't do it as often, but this particular one really drove me a little bit nuts. Months ago, Victor was all about Sharon's secret. And then suddenly he just completely forgot about it. He didn't care anymore. Well, I guess they were just waiting to cast Gina as as Phyllis because now that they have done that, suddenly Victor's all about the secret again. And he is definitely, definitely, definitely out to find Sharon. He will do pretty much anything to find out what Sharon is hiding because he wants to get Sharon away from Nick, especially now that he and Nick have sort of been reluctantly working together because of the threat that Ian presents. So that's going to be really, you know, kind of fun to watch as Victor and Sharon almost are in this weird race to see which of them can get to Sharon's secret first. We also have another cast edition to talk about, Richard. It isn't necessarily so completely related, but a Days of Our Lives favorite, Lisa Rinna, is allegedly, reportedly going to be joining the cast of The Real (laughs) Housewives of Beverly Hills. I have to say I have not watched that particular part of the franchise. I'm focused mostly on Atlanta. But talk to really? me about Yeah. I, I you know, all I don't know. For me, like the Beverly Hills people and the, the New Jersey people and being here on the East Coast, the New Jersey people are just like the people I run into at the diner, so that doesn't surprise me. The Beverly Hills people are people, you know, I see when I go out for the Emmys. That doesn't really excite me. Um, the, the Miami ones or the Florida ones were the people who I don't want to look like if I ever decide to have plastic surgery. And Beverly Hills are, are – uh, so, I mean, Atlanta is, is normal to me. I don't know why. But anyway, Beverly Hills, Lisa Rinna joining. What is your take on this? Is she going to be a good addition? Because, you know, Lisa Rinna knows her way around a reality show or two. Not only that, she's going to be a great addition um, because last year they added two cast members and the, the, the two cast members they added last year were incredibly unpopular. I mean, the audience hated them. And I don't mean hated in a good way. I mean, the ratings went down. The audience just did not like these additions. And they're gone this year. Um, so that's, you know, there's a little bit of a vacuum there to fill. And Lisa Rinna is going to fit in perfectly on this show. I mean, when you look at the women that they have on that show, she both fits in with them and is different enough from them that she's not, you know, that it's not a carbon copy. That's sort of the problem with the Miami franchise is that, I mean, like the, uh, not Miami, Orange County. I tried watching the Orange County franchise. I can't tell any of them apart. They're all exactly the same person to me. So yeah, I think Lisa's going to do an awesome job there. And I think it'll be fun to see. I think it'll be fun to see one of our own on, uh, on one of these shows. One of our own. Speak for yourself. Uh, but I also know that in addition to liking The Real Housewives, you are also, truth be told, you're a fan of the Lifetime movie, I've heard, from rumor. Oh, I'm a big fan of the Lifetime movie. And, you know, it's one of those things where I don't want to be, but if I turn on Lifetime, and there's their movies are amazingly well-constructed, and they capture you right there in that first minute. Yeah, I love Lifetime. We know that Yaya DaCosta will be playing Whitney Houston coming up in the Whitney Houston movie, made-for-television movie. But more uh, closer to this date, we're talking Sunday here at 7 p.m., Aaron Sanders, who played Eden Baldwin on The Young and the Restless, and Michael Woods, who's popped up on All My Children, Guiding Light and Passions during his career. They're going to be in the Lifetime movie called Guilty at 17, Richard. 
uh, comma, Richard. Now, I don't want to say Gary at 17, Richard. That's totally, I don't want to get you banned from playgrounds. But the guilty at 17, this is about Sanders will be playing a high school senior who is lured into falsely claiming that her friend was sexually assaulted by a teacher. I don't know if this is one of their rip from the headlines things, but it sounds like it could be pretty fascinating. It could, but even more importantly, let's talk about um, Lifetime. Aside, you know, Lifetime's been known for their movies for a while, so much so that there's now a Lifetime movie network. There is. But over the last couple years, Lifetime has really gotten pretty heavily and very well into the original series realm. I mean, they just concluded the second season of Devious Mage, which was fantastic. It was actually, I think, in some ways better than season one. They've just launched uh, the new show uh, that's on right after Devious Mage, and I can't remember the name of it, uh, but it's really good. Um, and and the <laughs> so next good we forgot thing, the name. The next thing coming down the pike stars Michael Grazia Day from The Young and the Restless in The Lottery, and I just I watched the pilot good. of it. It's so good. It's basically about, um, it's set in the future, and America has, the the world has basically become infertile for some unknown reason. And um, six years prior to where the story starts, there were were six children conceived, and Michael Krasiaday is the father of one of those six children. And the lottery in the title is um, a doctor on the show has managed to, um, in a test tube, basically fertilize 100 eggs, and they decide to have a national lottery to decide which women will care, have the, the the you know the responsibility of carrying these eggs. It's it's such a good show, and it, it moves at a really fast pace. I I was I was really really blown away from it because you know for many years Lifetime was kind of a joke, mm-hmm. but they have really done. Oh, I knew what the other show was I, that, that just started a couple weeks ago. Which is of East End? I forgot. Which is of East End? Um, they just, they really have, have done a great job of diving headfirst into the deep end with these, you know, these, these dramas that are really, really well done. There are lots of things that are done really well that we talk about here on the show, but I am going to out you in a Jerry Springer-esque expose. There is oh, something <laughs> that you do not like that now... Americans everywhere can tune in and see what it is that you don't like. I am talking about the opening credits of the Australian soap Neighbors. Neighbors is now available on Hulu and Hulu Plus for the first time, as far as I'm uh, aware, in the United States. Neighbors has brought us uh, Kylie Minogue. They've brought us Ashley Brewer, who's now Ivy on The Bold and the Beautiful. Richard, why are you so anti-Neighbors opening credits? Confess. Okay, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Um, I am so I hate those credits so much <laughs> so that flames, I was really flames. excited. I was I was really excited to hear that this show was coming on Hulu because Hulu also has Coronation Street, the English soap, and I have gotten really hooked on it. So I was like, oh, good, another foreign soap. I'm looking forward to it. And I clicked on the first episode, and those opening credits came on. And okay, they are like something out of the worst insurance commercial you've ever seen. Horrible. I mean, this, <laughs> this sappy, sappy song, you know, and the lyrics are like, that's how neighbors become good friends. And it's just, there's just nothing about it that says this, that what follows is going to be a, a gripping soap opera. But let me tell you, what follows uh-huh. is a gripping soap opera. It's really, really, really good. 
Uh, but oh yeah, those opening credits—they're just—they're nightmarish. I, uh, they're just—they—I have—I have on Facebook a site called For Starters, um, and it's—it's it's all basically opening credits. I love opening credits. I'm an opening credits fanatic, and I posted that as like one of the worst opening credit sequences I've ever seen in my life. Well, that aside, if you can get past the 30-second opening, you can see a recap and trailer of what Neighbors is all about. Head over to SoapCentral.com. It is right there for you to take a peek. If you can't find it, there's a little search bar on the top. Type in Neighbors with a U because, you know, it's Australian, and you can find out all the information there. Uh, we're running a little bit short on time. I also want to let folks know that Teo Penglis has a new memoir out. It's called Places, The Journey of My Days, My Lives. It's a memoir about his world travels, his time on Days of Our Lives. We're hoping to have Teo on the show in the near future, so stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll have more about that. But Richard, someone submitted a question to us when they, they saw on the Twitter and the Facebook that we would be handing out advice if anybody needed it. So I have a little blurb here that we have to weigh in on. It says, "Are you well, first of all, are you ready to give advice, Richard? Oh, God, yeah. I think I've been dying all my life to have an advice column. Let's do it. <laughs> well, it doesn't say Dear Abby. It just says Dan and Richard. But That's it goes enough. on to say, <laughs> we need a smush name, but that doesn't sound dirty. My boyfriend recently <laughs> moved in with me, and while I love having him around, it's created a problem that I didn't anticipate. He started recording a lot of television programs on the DVR, and I'm running out of space for all the shows that I've recorded and haven't watched yet. How do I tell him to stop hogging the space on the DVR? I mean, really, how many baseball games can one person possibly sit through? Richard, this is a dilemma that I think uh, probably a lot of people face, running out of space on the DVR. This is a dilemma that up until two weeks ago I faced. Um, oh, our, how did you handle our cable, yeah, Well, our cable, um, we had Time Warner, and they recently switched so that all of the channels were high def, and, and, but they didn't switch our, our cable box, and so it still had the same amount of space on it. And so it would only hold like 10 hours worth of television, and that's nothing. I mean, that's, that's, that's my daily viewing. It's probably not even enough. Um, there's a couple of options here. One, see if you can get an addition um, to, I, I, there's like an additional drive you can get that holds more space mm-hmm. uh, on your DVR. It just, it, it attaches to your DVR and, and gives you, you know, depending on how much you spend, it can give you more space. The other thing to keep in mind is that while, you know, I know baseball games, who cares? But those are live events that, you know, they probably, it's not like they can replay them later. And I don't know why anybody would want to watch it on DVR. But most of the shows that we watch, all of our soaps, um, you know, the various shows that Dan and I have been talking about tonight, you can find them online. You know, you can find them on Hulu or on, you know, ABC.com, CBS.com, NBC.com, all of those things. So if it's, if it's going to become a problem in your relationship, just be the bigger person. And you know, realize that you can watch them in other places. That would be that would be my advice. My advice. It's sort of on the the same thing there. And I didn't even think about the external drive that you can uh, purchase. Just Google DVR extra storage. You can find the answer to that. Um, the other option would be you can certainly consider a TiVo. I know that I have a bunch of TiVos here in, in my office and, and at home and all, all over the place where they're they're all internetworked and I can, you know, watch shows on the different ones. That's always a great way. But something in the the message that really 
stood out to me is uh, I'm running out of space for all the shows that I've recorded and haven't watched yet. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you are going to have someone living with you, you're going to have to sort of understand that a lot of the things that maybe the way that you lived when you weren't living with someone, some of those things do have to change. Uh, it's not changing yourself. It's just realizing that when you bring someone into your home and someone into your world, you can't necessarily do things the way that you did when you were alone because, you know, it, that's not the way your life is anymore. And if you're going to start having issues with a DVR, you know, the next thing it leads to shower gel in the shower or they didn't take their clothes out of the washer or the dryer or whatever it is, and then you have more problems. I think at the end of the day, worrying about uh, a show online, uh, whether you can watch it online or whether it's on the DVR, it's really not high in the scheme of things. And as Richard said, a great option would be to... Make sure that you, you can watch some of your stuff online if you have to delete it. Or, uh, you know, consider some of the cable companies, Richard, now have the ability for you to watch live on your mobile devices if you're in your home area. So you can watch there. You can do all sorts of other things. There, there are certainly ways around this that aren't going to bring an end to this particular relationship, I hope. It's also worth noting it might be time to look at your viewing habits. If you have a show that, you know, that maybe you have mm-hmm. 10 episodes behind, maybe there's mm-hmm. a reason that you're 10 episodes behind because maybe you're not really into that show. I have completion issues, and so I know that, like, usually when I start a show, I I will watch it until the day it dies. But just this year, when, I, when we were having problems with our DVR and realized, geez, you know, before we got the new one, and we realized that we were going to have to sort of pick and choose... I looked at things and I said, for example, True Blood. I said, I have not been interested in True Blood for two years. It, it really lost me along the way. And yet I have continued to tape it and sort of half watch it. I don't do that anymore. I got rid of it. If you have 50 episodes of Orders on your uh, DVR, maybe you don't need 50 episodes of Orders. <laughs> That's an interesting choice of things to, to uh, I know, have right? hoarded. But uh, <laughs> I know that you have completion issues, but unfortunately we're out of time. I want to make sure that this is a happy ending for you, though, Richard. Have you... <laughs> Have you enjoyed your time on the show today? I always enjoy my time here, and I am always, always pleased to be asked back. Pleased and sometimes shocked. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. And folks, of course, check him out on his numerous accounts on Twitter. We're going to be sending those out in a bit. And in the magazine, Soaps in Depth. Richard, thanks so much for being here. He's probably left us. He's on his way to enjoy whatever he can. He's got somebody leading him to where he needs to go. If you did miss any part of today's show, if you'd like to hear it again, or maybe you'd like to share it with a friend who doesn't know about the show, and if they don't, you need to be talking about the show more in your social circles. But just head over to SoapCentralLive.com. That is the place to find any and all of the episodes of Soap Central Live that we've ever broadcast. You can listen to them on demand. You can stream them. You can download them. It's all completely free. If you're on the go, you can also download the free mobile app to listen to the show wherever your travels may take you. Speaking of traveling, as a matter of fact, don't forget that in three weeks, August 8th, We'll be broadcasting live on location from the Riviera Palm Springs in Palm Springs, California during this year's Hot as Hell Web Series Festival. If you're going to be in the area, you can be part of our free live studio audience. Tweet me for information about that. There are also still tickets available for the Hot as Hell Festival. Follow Hot as Hell event on Twitter for all the details. Before then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be having a couple of non-on-location shows coming up in the weeks ahead. The word on the street is that we'll be joined by Cassie DePaiva, Galen Gearing, 
and Chriselle Staus from Days of Our Lives. Stay tuned for the exact dates of when they'll be popping up. We'll have that on our Twitter feed at Soap Central, also on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Soap Central. In the meantime, we'll be back here next Friday, July 25th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Talk Radio Network for another installment of the continuing story that we call Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.